0: Here with you on uh, today, New Brunswick, tomorrow, the world. Uh, being represented by my friend and colleague here with some of the yes. uh, spiffy merch, which made its yes. way from one end of this vast continent to the other. So, uh, good on you, sir. That's what I'm Yes, say indeed. As my opening gambit. <laughs> How are things going, Dan?
1: Not too bad, not too bad. It's. Uh... The weather's actually kind of nice here, so like, got to hang out on the deck for a bit earlier today, and you know, actually had a long weekend on the long weekend for once. So
0: sweet. Did you grill yeah. any? Did you grill any meats? Um,
1: yes, there was some. Uh, there was some barbecuing done today as well. Uh, I'm
0: uh, I'm a sanctimonious vegan, but I'm not gonna take that away from you. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, gonna I'm gonna let you enjoy that for yeah. what it is, because man, why wouldn't? right? Uh,
1: I appreciate that.
0: Totally. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it is the, uh, Victoria day day here Uh, Mm -hmm. in your province. It's the Victoria day. Uh, and my province it's the Victoria day. Um, elsewhere in Canada, notably the province of Quebec, it is not Victoria day. It's something else. I didn't know this until Mm -hmm. just doing my, uh, you know, perfunctory research for the show. Uh, National Patriots Day is what they're celebrating. I mean, I'm sure uh. you know, um, and uh, even just to uh, sort of uh, skim a bit from the Wikipedia, uh, it was originally uh, unofficially Fête du Lord, a commemoration initiated in the 20s to coincide with Victoria Day. So they actually okay. their own holiday kind of gloamed on top of it. Uh, and uh, now it's subsequently been officially a stat holiday as of, uh, you know, the past 20 years or something, uh, National Patriots Day to commemorate mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, those who uh, have uh, have tried to move it forward uh, in terms of democracy and, uh, I suppose, independence uh, within, uh, within the Belle Provence, you know. Yeah. So, so that uh, kind of brings us to the topic, Dan. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're, doing, we're, we're doing Quebec music here, are
1: we not? Yeah. Yeah, we're doing it. It's another one of our uh, sort of regional regional favorites kind of episodes. And uh, cool. this, uh, yeah, for this episode, I figured we'd take a look at Quebec. Uh sure. Just because uh, around the time when I was trying to think of an episode topic, I saw that a uh, particular band from Montreal that I quite enjoy, uh, The Nils, Okay. We're uh, doing some reunion shows, and uh, they were actually playing in Fredericton later this summer, apparently. What? Uh, Sweet. Yeah, as part of a little festival that folks are organizing, I guess. And it just made me think, like, hey, you know, plenty of good... Like, Montreal's kind of like... I've always thought of it as kind of like Canada's San Francisco, in a lot of ways. Or like good Canada's area. Area. Um, yeah. And, you know, just... By virtue of that it's produced a lot of good music of a lot of different i mean it's definitely got its own particular vibes uh for a lot of you know it's not like there's one particular sound but there's definitely a, a collection of sounds that i very much associate with like oh yeah that band's totally from montreal <laughs> Well,
2: that's,
0: that, that's rad because i mean yeah. honestly for me um i realized when i was kind of getting this together from my end that there's actually my my lack of knowledge uh is is actually pretty pretty vast in terms of this uh you know i mm-hmm. I, I don't know why i would have thought otherwise but uh you know for me this is going to be largely uh, an educational experience because hearing you know here's you um and then as well uh you know in the post show notes um i'm looking forward to uh you know kind of chasing things <laughs> down Uh, A little bit more through, uh, you know, Wikipedia, discogs, and just uh, the good old Google's. Uh, Mm -hmm. And in my case, at least, uh, you know, the stuff that I've come up with, the uh, artists actually are enough uh, of same projects that for me, this is almost like a natural continuation of uh, the previous episode, wherein we looked at artists from, you know, uh, who kind of are at the center of various things, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna be really curious, Dan, to hear uh who your, you know, first artist or artist would be in this case.
1: Well, we, I guess we might as well start at the beginning here or okay. start with the, the earliest favorite. Uh, I guess in terms of my not necessarily in terms of like their existence on the timeline, but just on okay. my own personal timeline. Sure. And uh let me just preface this. Matt, did you ever have like an awkward, like a teenage ska phase?
0: I, I I wish that I was cool enough to be able to just unequivocally say yes. Uh, um, I'm, a, I'm actually um, this is actually one of the areas like in music where I'm like I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to redress some past issues. Mm-hmm. I got an Amazon delivery this afternoon with the the, the selector, uh, ska, two tone, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just sitting oh. there. Waiting yep. to be uh, discovered by me uh, once I once once we're finished with this. So nice. Uh, long long way of saying uh, no, but uh, I I'm going to anticipate your answer to this being yes.
1: I would definitely I, I definitely did. Uh, a okay. lot of that was because of
0: you know early love of bands like Operation
1: Ivy. We've talked yes. about on the show before, of course. Um, of course yeah. But just for a particular Canadian flavor, uh, there was one band that I really latched onto early on. Um, okay. Uh, that were kind of a little ahead of the curve in some things and just kind of off on their own level and another, uh, which is Montreal's Mom and Morgan Toddler.
2: Uh, <laughs> who I've heard they the were... name,
0: and I love the name. And yeah. folks, folks, just, you know, like for the non, you know, whatever, Gen X Canadian Atlantic cohort, uh, just got you just you just got to know uh, that Morgan Toddler, was like uh, the first uh, what, major abortion advocate in Canada?
1: Yeah, that's um, yeah. That was kind of he was one of the really yeah with, of, a, with, with, with 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 pioneers
0: with a pioneer of abortion with yeah. a clinic a much controversial clinic uh in Fredericton. Well. yes so yes so that was okay.
1: you know that's the the i mean and that you know sometimes like the edgy name of band will hook you in and that was definitely something that caught my interest but like sure. they were kind of the darlings of campus radio in the early 90s uh specifically <laughs> they had an ep that was uh recorded it was mostly live recordings called clown heaven and hell uh, that got a lot of play on CHSR when I first started volunteering there back in the day, and I think it was actually one of the first things that I remember making a home copy of from the record library uh, on, you know, on the the cassette decks there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they were pretty much as much. They're like a mix of ska, reggae, jazz, punk, like polka. They sang in three different languages. Uh, they had a weird thing with like. Uh, it was, like, they they were very... Their live shows were very theatrical. Like, they had different costumes for different songs and, like, kind of recurring bits. Um, and, like, yeah, like, each... It, on their first in their debut album uh, Shiva space machine each member of the band even had like sort of a circus role it's as cheesy as it is like they were very wow. much like that kind of thing like this is very this much a like, way this
0: Zombo's. is
1: this is weaponized art arts grants who know somebody who can write a fact who can you know who who can uh who could get approval to get an album recorded that sort of thing like you know these Weaponized are the theater
0: yeah there these are the theater words. nerds
1: these are the theater nerds like moving into the music sphere kind of deal uh that's, <laughs> that's what it always felt like um and yeah they were just like i know montreal like that's where like stomp records is from and like the planet smashers who were bigger sort of later on that decade and into the aughts and are still like i think stomp records is still going um and that's kind of been like as far as the canadian ska scene as it is like that's been one of the pit, you know sort of focal points and like me mom and morgan holly were kind of the big thing in montreal that led up to that um and yeah they were just like yeah like it's ridiculous like looking back at it now like they did uh they recorded one of those uh, ear to the ground specials on cbc In the early 90s that I ended up revisiting uh, For this And it's pretty cringy stuff In retrospect to be very Yeah, like it's it's very sincere But at the same time it's like Yeah, you are such like just It's like theater kids With a stage now And some things to say And you know Some accordions and trombones as well (laughs) Uh, But I At the same time it's like I can't deny that part of like my musical journey and like revisiting it now like some of their songs are still like they wrote some great songs and like i said they just seem very montreal to me in the fact that it's like you know english french and spanish and like drawing in all these different influences and like, even in my notes, I had a joke, like welcome to Montreal. Here's your accordion. Um, Just to see like so many band, like that's just like, if you're going to have a band, that's going to be like, Oh no, we're like a hardcore band with a singing saw player. Like, (laughs) you know, it's going to be a band from Montreal. (laughs) Uh, And they're just kind of like the ska wing of that to me. Um, And unfortunately, none of their stuff is really up on streaming, but, all their albums are available on Bandcamp, and there's a few things here and there up on YouTube. Um, Like I said, they were around sort of from the late '80s until probably like the mid '90s. Um, they have two, well, yeah, they have. They put out that EP, "Clown Heaven and Hell," then the one full-length, "Shiva Space Machine," and then they re-released "Clown Heaven and Hell" with a bunch of other songs under the name "We Are Revolting." Just was like sort of like a, you know here's everything else besides our full length kind of collection. And that's up on the Bandcamp too. Nice. Uh, and they got back together in uh, uh, sort of the early part of the pandemic, I guess, uh, to, re-record, to record a new song called Racist Friend 2020. Uh, that's just the chorus is, if you have a racist friend, your friendship should probably end. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's, so I don't know how active they are beyond that and like i said they're definitely a band of a certain time and in revisiting it it's just like oh it's kind of hard to revisit without thinking like oh yeah i was just the kind of fucking dork that just loved that sort of stuff you know (laughs) give me a song in like heavy quebecois french about anarchy i'm into it like
0: (laughs) well okay um, so there's like a there's like you know um a new brunswick you know i think natural anglophone you know desire for things Acadian and, by extension, a desire for, you know, Quebec, right? Quebec stuff. Um, And, uh, you know, so I think what you're speaking to there kind of taps into that a bit. Um, I mean, I just, you know, some of just some of what you were just speaking to there. I mean, okay, so I wasn't aware. uh, I, I was aware of, like, the Planet Smashers as being, like, a much music Kind yeah. of level alternative band. Mm-hmm. I was not I was not aware of them, you know, being from Quebec. So yeah, or from Montreal. So that's that's some new info. I opened
1: for the Planet Smashers.
0: What? Okay. Yeah.
1: When I lived in Calgary, the like cheesy the the like cheesy metal hardcore band that I played in with like the guy who did my straight edge tattoo.
0: Okay.
1: Um, we ended up getting thrown on a bill. Uh, Kind of at the last minute uh, with the Planet Smashers and uh, it was a big benefit. It was like, yeah, it was like a big sort of fundraiser show. And uh, yeah, the Planet Smashers headlined some band from Montreal who I think are still around called Slaves on Dope who were, like, uh, just really bad new metal band. Like, I think they had an in-store at the mall and then found out there was just a show happening and the Planet Smashers were on it. So, like, hey, what's up, Montreal bros? And, like, it was, was like, the Planet Smashers and a bunch of, like, you know, kind of, like, underground punk-type bands for the most part. Um, And just, like, those guys really... It was just, like, them and their five friends that were also with them at the mall. Like, kind of hanging out on their own. (laughs) And then uh, everybody else just not sure of it. But plant Smashers were good. I definitely enjoyed them as well. Um, That was sort of towards the end of my really actively being, you know, like, you know, following Ska as a subgenre. I've always kind of enjoyed, you know, here or there. Um, uh, These days, I do enjoy the YouTube channel, The Ska-Toon Network. uh,
2: What? Okay. Which is,
1: uh, it's uh the musician jair i don't know if you've ever heard of them at all uh, just j-e-r uh has got put out a pretty great album in 2022 uh it's jair just doing ska covers of you know popular songs like but it's everything from like you know phoebe bridgers to like you know uh, uh trying to think uh Flagpole set up by Harvey Danger was one of the ones I quite enjoyed. Uh, right on. Yeah, just like just a lot of that kind of stuff and it's like fan requests and that, and it's like I don't know. It's fun. Um but yeah, like there was definitely a time where it was one of yeah, sort of based on it's like I like Operation Ivy so I guess I like ska now and then there's like oh, here's this other weird fucking clown band from Montreal <laughs> like weird
0: fucking clown band. Yeah, weird Montreal,
1: clowns like with accordions and ideas. Wow, um,
0: that's that's sick, man. Yeah. I mean, again, like I just you know I, I sort of you know like me, mom, and Morgan caller. It's like okay, so it's like day glow abortion. Yeah, like, that's
1: kind, of, and that's shocking, kind of what I expected when I first shocking, heard it, and then like know, aw, yeah, know, like
0: whatever,
1: but yeah, like when I first heard of the name, I was expecting it to be something yeah, more, like yeah, just edgy for edgy's sake,
0: right, and it's right. but then there, you know, some, it's, uh, it's it's
1: it's humor i mean yeah it's kind of humorous scum music i guess for the most part but like i said they do have you know the members of the band definitely i i mean a lot of his very a lot of their politics are like sort of the early 90s like don't sell out to the man man type stuff
0: but still you know
1: it's 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 coming from a good place
0: well i mean that's kind of the essence of you know kind of good ska i mean you know yeah yeah. my my understanding you know like Mm -hmm. right i mean they were
1: another band actually uh uh, Dean, the guy that owns Purple Haze Records at Fredericton, yep. he and I bonded over Skink and Pickle <laughs>
2: and, uh, when they first opened at, up.
0: I just and, got into the, the pickle vis-a-vis yeah. uh, my, uh, like just ordering a bunch of stuff from Asian Man Records. So, um, Nah, man. And uh, Two-Tone, you know, like mm. Unity, you know, yeah. like uh, all that you know, good uh, stuff that other people can speak to with way more mm-hmm. eloquence and knowledge. Uh, yeah sean, uh, Gar- sean, sean Jordan, i was just gonna like say we all. have
1: we we do have one friend in mutual who could like you know i believe lives in Quebec who could probably school us both very deeply uh, on we, we, we,
0: we stand yes. like <laughs> schooled out of the
1: exactly if you he were here but, exactly yeah. that that could be like a bonus episode sometime <laughs> yeah i
0: mean if he's willing i mean if he's if, willing if, yeah if, 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 if you're able and willing sean we'd love to have you
1: yeah but but, yeah, just in my, like, sort of teenage dalliances with the genre, they were one of my favorites. So, yeah, that's my first pick.
0: Yeah, dope. Um, I, <laughs> I, I've i only got really three uh, to speak to for this episode. So, you know, we're, we're, we, we can definitely spend some more time on yours. But one of the ones that isn't, one of the ones yeah. that isn't the three that mm-hmm. I, you know, I was like, I could do a thing about this, but I'll... You know, did you know that Corey Hart is from Quebec? Corey I think Hart. I
1: knew that just because I knew okay. that there was like a, yeah, there was like a Frank, like some sort of, yeah, I think I knew that, but like still, Corey Hart.
0: I'm going to do a half of a thing on Corey Hart because I got space to kill in my thing here. Um, yeah. I'll just say that um, Corey Hart and Brian Adams, right, were like the two. Musical artists that I started listening to at age uh, five, mm-hmm. along with Michael Jackson, right? Like Michael Jackson with the Thriller record, and uh, Brian Adams with the Reckless record, and uh, then uh, you know Corey Hart with uh, whatever Never Surrender is on. Sort of that was my kind of initiation mm-hmm. in pop music when I was like five years old. Uh, so, I mean, as far as it goes, I've, I'm pretty, you know, impressed with myself for having my own sense of musical taste cultivated and elevated by, you know, certain adults. Uh, and uh, yeah, my uh, my pal John Bowie, who I've mentioned a lot on the show, um, you know, in the in the, in the grade five, you know, sphere of things, like his parents actually got him a leather jacket, and he they allowed him to they allowed him to spike his um, And it was just like that was some cool ass stuff, you know. And I was trying to be, you know, just wearing a white t shirt and like I had blonde hair and it was just kind of messy. <laughs> I'm like, I can be Brian Adams, sort of a poor man's Brian Adams, but you, my friend, are cultivating the Corey Hart thing to, uh, you know, very, very high level. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it wasn't until like, like it's, it's not like, you know, you, you move on in your life, as you obviously do, um, but it wasn't until, like, uh, watching like, what the, the third most recent uh, season of Stranger Things, where uh... the first episode of the season starts out with, like, Never Surrender, I think it is, and, uh, you know, Eleven and, you know, the little gimp she's going out with, like, making out, and, like, Yes! 80s nostalgia and it was like, they weren't even, it's not even a Canadian show, so I got that like, uh, you know, kind of self-loathing kind of flutter in my heart when something you know, Canadian, ostensibly Canadian, (laughs) gets recognized in a really broad American media format you know, and when the night is cold, it's like man you're like it's still you know i'm like i'm I'm a middle-aged man you know middle-aged white north American, whatever and i'm clearly the target audience for the show and they were just hook you know throwing out the hook and reeling me in and i'm going <laughs> yeah 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 i don't even like this show but yeah i'm gonna keep watching this so um a little mini segment on uh Corey Hart, who I understand is still in the biz. I, I think I follow him on Instagram. I don't know if his like musical output uh has really you know been significant you know beyond you know the uh the boy in the box era, the wearing his sunglasses, the wearing his sunglasses at night era, you know, but uh still, right? I mean there's people who are still riding their shtick on a hell of a lot less. So uh, I didn't really anticipate, you know, being able to spend five or seven minutes about Corey Hart uh, on the show because I just figured I'll just jump into, uh, you know, the St. Catharines who are my first real pick, uh, you know, and kind of elaborate. But uh, I just, you know, it's like, okay, okay. It's formative. I can't deny that it had a piece of my psyche associated with it and part of my, you know, it's like one of the first five albums that I own, right? You know, like including, you know, like the Brian Adams and like John Cougar Mellencamp's Scarecrow, uh, you know, maybe the, uh, the, the We Are The World, except the Canadian version of that. Uh, what, what is Tears Are Not Enough? Tears Are Not Enough, <laughs> The Holiday, you know. Classic, right and uh you know if you look at that if you look at that roster it's still pretty tight it's still i mean a lot of the you know it's like like gordon Lightfoot's in that rescue soul neil young is in that you know he's not going to be alive much longer surely um and you got Corey hart brian adams and uh you know ann murray so i mean he was like among the pantheon at the time, you know, circa 1983, 1984. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was as mainstream and widely felt as any Canadian artist of the day. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's uh, Stranger Things, that episode, I'm like, yeah! Yeah, reel me in, American <laughs> culture, you know, model it. Just bring me, bring, bring me... Bring my eyeballs to your thing a little bit longer to watch your advertising, right? So, uh, yeah, okay. A uh, unintended digression, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to stand by it. I'm going to own that. And now for something probably a little bit more substantive, a little bit more realistically attenuated to the spirit of the show, Dan, what is your second pick? Please.
1: please. Uh, my second pick, I might as well go with the, the band that really inspired uh I first helped inspire the show or the, okay. the topic for me, which is the nils. Okay. Uh I've
0: heard of them ba- and, and I have yes. not heard them. So tell me about
1: Okay. Them. Um honestly, I think they'd be right up your alley. Um Probably. they're basically sort of the Canadian i uh, I seen a, a, a they were described as you know they could have been the canadian replacements
0: Ooh, um, well okay Time and they were
1: uh, they they originally started in 1978 by uh brothers alex and carlos soria um
0: okay.
1: and really kind of became a real band you know by like the early 80s and like they were the band that like if like the ramones were coming through town in like 1982 the nils would be the band that would open for them in montreal um and yeah just like kind of like heavy melodic sound you know kind of they were like sort of parallel you know even though we were uh you know described montreal as you know canada's san francisco in a lot of ways earlier the nils were kind of like canada's minneapolis sound band sort of parallel to all that was happening in minneapolis just like yeah just in and uh You know, they attracted some big, little, little, big label attention and uh, ended up being one of the few bands signed to uh, a label called Rock House Records, which was the rock division of Profile Records, which was a pretty well-known hip-hop label. Um, Hmm. But they didn't really put a lot of money into Rock House Records, and the nils got locked into, like, a seven-album deal or something. Uh, They did put out a couple records that were quite, you know, people- you know they were they had a self-titled album and I can't remember the other album's name that they put out but yeah it was like there was very little budget and promotion it was hard you know there weren't that many copies out there but you know it was still they were a beloved band during their existence uh they ended up going on hiatus for a little while in the late 80s and then getting back together in 1992 when the record their record deal expired uh to play a few shows and then an indie label from Montreal called Magwheel Records reissued a bunch of their stuff. That's how I first heard them. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's just like, one of the sounds that I think of as like the Montreal sound is like sort of big melodic kind of like, not quite pop punk, but like melodic rock punk sort of like the Doughboys are sort of like the biggest, most archetypal band of that. There sound we go.
0: There we go. And also oh, okay. there were other bands, you
1: know, but other bands kind of similar, like the Asexuals who kind of traded, you know, there was some member crossover with the Doughboys uh, at different times, and also another band called Rise, who uh, were like some folks from Newfoundland living in Montreal for a while. But anyways, yeah, it was like there was this whole little like kind of, you know, it was like the the dreadlock dudes on a skateboard, like melodic rock punk sound kind of thing. And uh, the Nils were kind of the pre the band that sort of set. That all those bands saw and were inspired by um and you know they get back together every once in a while uh Alex Soria passed away in 2004 uh but Carlos Soria's kind of been still been putting together different lineups and performing their songs every once in a while and yeah they're playing in Fredericton uh at the end of the summer
2: wow amongst so, other places
1: uh cool. with like neighborhood watch uh, at, at, like a little event that the folks in neighborhood watch are organizing who are sort of you know uh, folks from yeah, no, that's of uh, a similar that's, vintage.
0: Grant. Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. The person who, uh, you know, that it, he's, he's an institution. In, yeah, well, exactly.
1: Right? But yeah, like the Nils are definitely, they were kind of one of the, you know, pioneer bands of just that kind of melodic, punk, kind of like Husker ish, early replacements ish sound, sort of on the Canadian side of things. Neat. And yeah, so they were my number two
0: that's cool. Um, and again, just as you're sort of speaking to some of this, and uh, you know, I'm just uh, remembering now, uh, you know, like uh, that the Doughboys record uh, was everywhere. Yeah. Like oh, right yeah. after Unabomber got popular, mm-hmm. um, you know, it'll it'll take me to Google to get to the name of it, but I remember the graphic yeah. on the front of it very clearly. And uh, yeah, you know, like redlocks and mm-hmm. uh, just like. You know you know which one I'm talking about. I do know which one you're
1: talking about. And that guy John Kastner, that sang for them. Yes. Uh it's funny in retrospect, like I don't know if you ever got into the show Mad Men at all. Um, uh, yeah, a bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the actress uh that plays Megan Draper, uh Jessica Perry, she's yes. from like the Montreal punk scene and oh. was dating John Kastner for a long time and would just be at Doughboy shows, just like unimpressed. you know (laughs) like when they're like we go with them on tour and just be like not stoked on the locals a lot of the time i guess um and like folks i know from the montreal scene of that era are just like oh yeah now she was around like you know and it's funny seeing her part of this big like iconic tv show just like oh yeah there's like just somebody from the scene back in the day
0: and uh everyone's like so there there was a musician in your life at one yep. point and like you know the, uh, the uh, so it's, it's just uh, funny how yep. the, the thing turns and i'm i am really you you got a really easy and granular knowledge of some of this man. i got i got to say like that's pretty like bar trivia you know superhero <laughs> level stuff right there man that's that's, that's decent. All right. Um, well, before, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I've kind of outed myself speaking about uh, St. Catharines, just as we're talking here, um, I'm just going to, you know, ex- allow myself to try and form some new knowledge in the course mm-hmm. of this recording. Um, there were like a bunch of bands from Montreal right around the aughts with like based around the wolf thing, were there not? There, was, there were. There was Wolf Parade and there was yes. AIDS Wolf. yeah they were very different bands
1: um actually i know some of the dudes in wolf parade um just because they're all it's all folks in the victoria scene that moved to montreal Really?
2: um yeah uh
1: actually uh supreme echo records that we've talked that i've talked about on the show previously the like reissues label from victoria uh They're actually, their next release is going to be Haji from Wolf Parade's old grindcore band, Jonas. Um, He's reissuing their demo uh, from uh, the early 90s on uh, vinyl. And it's pretty good from what I remember, but it's like the, yeah, it's like the keyboard synth guy from Wolf Parade used to sing in this, like,
0: so, there was, but, <laughs> like, so like there was a period like i mean i i, I lived in montreal for yeah. you know like basically a summer uh and it was like the summer that i graduated mm-hmm. from you know saint thomas with my uh, english degree uh yeah. and it was like living in you know just like this uh Industrial, converted industrial space in St. Henry. Mm-hmm. With, I uh, think. Oh God, I remember that place. Is that where, like, that's where, like, Mike Beattie lived for a while. Mike Beattie,
2: City Yeah, uh,
0: I was John there. Deguilla, I've, I've I remember Mike that Beattie.
1: warehouse space. Yeah, yeah. I actually I, went I, to I, see one of the other bands on my list the night before I went to that warehouse. I was, space I, I
0: was there. I was there for time. three. I was there for three months. It overlapped with September 11th um oh wow there's time to be there yeah it was pretty grim um mm-hmm. but I, I i just i i remember just being you know pretty shit-faced based day all day riding the metro and then go into, uh you know uh, going to uh, like garage rock shows
2: mm-hmm. like
0: garage rock shows you know off of uh you know saint catherine you know basically thereabouts uh it's just some really and uh yeah, it was like, you know, saw Tab Falco play there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and Panther Burns. And You know, that was kind of like one of the more memorable ones that kind of stood out. But, uh, I mean, it just, the, the whole era, it just seemed like you couldn't sort of turn your your head without kind of bumping into a garage rock band, you know. And they all would play uh, Sunday You Need Love by Trio. <sighs> Like Sunday, you be loved. Monday, yep. be alone. Like you know, like like they are. They, they all you know kind of seem like they they got the oblivions a lot. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I just sort of was thinking, okay, so well, you know, is this like Wolf Rade, like of that, you know, kind of those thing or
1: Wolf Rade is uh, they're like dudes from the Victoria that were part of like the punk scene in the Victoria in the late nineties. Yeah, who yeah. All moved to Montreal. There was just like a wave of folks. They uh, just decided all... to strike
0: out yeah. for. Okay.
1: <laughs> actually, okay. their first music video, uh, or one of their first music videos. Uh, oh, what's the song called? Uh, but yeah, but yeah, one of their early music videos actually has my room, one of my housemates from like the punk house I lived at in Victoria. Okay. <laughs> uh, just a sec. I'm just quickly looking up what song that is.
0: No, nah, man, um, like this is important information, so this yeah,
1: is. but it's just it's something I found very, and that was how I first kind of heard about it was like there was like Keith Jones is in a video. um, and uh, yeah, actually the 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 person in the video is actually a really great uh, visual artist based in Montreal uh, who's done like some album cover work and stuff. but uh, yeah, I'm just sorry. the live no, man, here.
0: That's
1: please, of, please. I mean, that's one of the things on. A... I think it's Shine a light. That song. Um, okay. But, uh, anyways, yeah. No, those are sort of folks that were part of like the Victoria punk scene. Uh, actually, Dan beekner that uh, sings and I think plays bass for them. He was in earlier lineups of Daddy's Hands, who I talk okay. about on the show as nice. well. But yeah, so they're like all West Coast folks. Aids Wolf, I know, are like. A noise band, I
2: think.
0: That's what Wikipedia tells me. And yes, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Some things to follow up on, you know. Exactly. At least, at least, at least from my standpoint. And you know, mm-hmm. what I'm, what I'm thinking about this show is like, a, you know, since our, our last episode, which you know, it only it only got put up a few days ago, but we recorded it a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um. I've been, you know, subsequently actually going after uh, Discog, stuff uh Mm -hmm. because you know i've kind of uh you know there's only so far camloops is a small place Mm -hmm. and there's only kind of so far i can go with my local shop because there's (laughs) there's just one you know vinyl shop here that's worth anything Mm -hmm. um so you know and, and amazon again it's like you can only you can only go so far so um as much as you know i'm kind of throwing some of this stuff out just to kind of see if it sticks to kind of also help uh, plot my next uh, discogs, you know, trip. So, uh, so yeah, man, well, thanks. Thanks for that. You know, that's uh, kind of helpful for me. Um, yep. I'm just, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, St. Catherine's, um, this is just a band that, well, you know, I, <laughs> one of the, one of the things about being uh, unemployed for a while is that I've had you know, a lot of chance to kind of dive into my ridiculous vinyl collecting, which uh, mm-hmm. I went—I went so far as to count the vinyl the other day, the, the other week, and uh, I'm I'm at eight hundred wow. and four. Wow. yeah, and prior to you know separating from my wife two years ago, um, I had like you know just kind of ten records that were just kind of sitting there, right? So. You know, I don't want to sort of do, you know, the math on how much of my RRSPs uh, and EI money that I've burned through to build that up. But I like to think that if I maintained vinyl over the years, instead of kind of just chucking it all when I moved overseas, uh, that I would sort of maybe still be at a similar level. That's how I'm justifying it to myself. Um, that's one of the ways. And I guess further to that, you know, just because, you know, like, I, you know, it's like I've got all the replacements records, you know, in every format. I've got all the Husker Do records that Greg Ginn will allow to be you know, because of legalities. And he just, he's just a weirdo and he won't let, you know, those records be reprinted uh, for the most part. Um, you know, so, you know, you just kind of start to go outwards from the things, your your face kind of stuff to stuff that sounds more like it. Um, and, uh, you know, so through just my natural affinity for uh, Leatherface, for my natural affinity for hot water music, uh, which have kind of stood the test of time, um, the St. Catharines uh, for Montreal actually are of that kind of I'm not. I'm not going to call them emo, um, but you know they don't. They're not like your 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 crust punk whatever scumbags either. You know from Montreal, they 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 actually you know they, they did the trajectory that you see a lot of bands. You know the more established established U.S. bands in that uh, they got uh, they, they put out some music on Fat Records. You know they, they got that kind of level of uh, of, of of notoriety. You know, they, they actually left Montreal, uh, moved down to Florida, possibly, you know, because of, uh, you know, no idea records and, mm-hmm. you know, you know and, and just that whole scene. Um, I'd have to, you know, Google specifically where they were kind of based there. But in so doing, you know, they, they ended up uh, putting out, you know, a pretty, pretty impressive discography. Uh, for, you know, uh, about, you know, more than 10 years, you know, probably closer to 15 years uh, of being active. Uh, and uh, they're no longer active, but uh, once, you know, they, they've gotten back together since breaking up from time to time, I believe. And uh, they, they're, they're one of their, their 2010 album Fireworks uh, is just something that I really, you know, within the past, you know, seven or eight months of last year, Uh, it just, it, I, I just kind of ordered it on a whim and, uh, it landed and I just could not, uh, it it was one of my favorite things I was listening to for quite a while. And, uh, you know, just from the vinyl middle-aged vinyl nerd aspect, you know, it's like this, you know, like transparent with, you know, multicolored splatter on it. Um, and it's just a beautiful aesthetic object, you know, nice photography, And then this really just kind of sad, downer, but still kind of propulsive, you-can-shake-your-fist-to-it kind of, uh, you know, punk anthems um, with, uh, you know, the the Quebecois flair, I suppose. So, uh, I mean, as much as uh, I've got, you know, some other bands to talk about, uh, you know, like, for instance, uh, Yesterday's Ring, Meditation. I mean, those are kind of the two that I'll probably talk to a little bit more while we're on here. But, uh, you know, they all are basically of the same group of people, more or less, who uh, have have just been, you know, doing various cool stuff over the past 10 or 15 years. And in some cases are still active. So, um, you know, as we're kind of uncovering things here, I was just... (laughs) I just I've got the Wikipedia page for AIDS Wolf up in front of me. Um, and I'm looking at it and um you know it's like oh was, so one of the one of the people from Arcade Fire, you know, is it oh, of course. was, it, yeah, was it AIDS Wolf?
1: I feel <laughs> like, like I feel like that's another like I feel like that's another thing. It's like, welcome to Montreal. Here's your accordion. Your shift in the Arcade Fire will be next June from, you know, the 5th until the 17th. You know, once you've done your, you know, once you've done your prescribed time in the Arcade Fire, you'll you'll, you'll be able to proceed to, like, get your, you know, get your Quebec health card.
0: Yeah, I mean, you'll be the third tambourine player on uh, a tour, you know, or something like that. Exactly. Um, they got they got canceled. I understand. Yeah,
1: but, yeah. I think Win Butler did some like not
0: some to, sle- some sleazy yeah, some stuff sleazy behind things. his wife's back. You know, some yeah, 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 That's, middle-aged yeah. Middle aged man stuff. Which I'm a sleazy middle aged man. You know, so I'm like he's more sleazy than me because he was married when the when the shenanigans went on and yeah. consent and all that. Um, I actually. Saw the arcade fire when they opened for YouTube. I've I've seen you somehow I managed to see you two three times. One of them was in Montreal, and then one of them was in Moncton. So there's this kind of weird, you know, Franco slash Acadian mm. kind of thing to my experience with them. And uh, actually, arcade fire, I mean, I was standing in the mud for six hours you know, I, I wouldn't do it again. I wouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, go to Magnetic Hill to see you two again. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it under any circumstances, but I was there. Um, and I was prepared to be more miserable than I was. And they were taking it seriously. They were taking the gig seriously. So, I mean, I guess, uh, shout out to, uh, them for that, and uh, I don't know if our uh, person from Aids Wolf was on the stage at that point, or if some other, you know, transients who had been living in Montreal for a couple of months and needed their healthcare were doing their shift uh, at that time and went on that tour. But uh, there we go. We've managed to kind of shoehorn in Corey Hart, Aids Wolf, and Arcade Fire. So. We're adding value to the show yeah. as we go. Dan, please help me out here, bud. What's your third choice?
1: I guess if we're talking big, sprawling musical collectives from Montreal,
0: which uh, <laughs> we were, yes,
1: we, we, we were. were. We might as yeah. well talk about another one, uh, which is Godspeed
0: You Black Emperor. Fuck! I, they sorry they, they played Kelowna recently, like recently, yeah. like last year. And I found out about it like two days before. Oh no! And, and I and it was just it was sold out. I wasn't able to go. And but shit, I w- I would have loved to have seen Godspeed The Black Emperor. So thank yeah. you for bringing them in. Tell me tell me all, tell me more about them, Dan, please.
1: Well, uh, they originally started in 1994. Uh, it's been uh, a guy named Efrem is the central. the guitar player and kind of the central person. Uh, there's a bunch of other people that have been part of the. You know, that are generally part of the band that have been parts at different times. Um, like I said, big sprawling collective. Uh they kind of just invented their own genre almost. Is
0: it like post rock? Or at least
1: kinda call yeah. I mean, I I guess post rock, i heard post-rock applied to the, like other bands like tortoise and stuff like that before them as well. Yeah. But it's like it's cause but it's just, you know, it's this big sprawling, spooky, like, you know, there's a reason why one of their songs is like in the background of a key moment of the movie 28 days later but like at the same time yeah the song east hastings which every time i hear that song uh there's a recording of like a street preacher at the beginning who i remember seeing on the street all the time whenever i'd go to vancouver who's like an older woman from somewhere i sounded i think she was from somewhere in the caribbean possibly like she had yeah. Anyways, like heavy accent, sort of like from that general area, who would just so like this
2: was, scream so this was about
1: Jesus on the street in Vancouver, on East Hastings, and that's the song East Hastings by Godspeed so to so, Black so, Emperor so, starts with a sample of this street preacher. Um, these people are from
0: Montreal. They're not. They're from Montreal. Um, okay,
1: okay. Yeah, and like I said, big kind of sprawling group uh you know like a lot of different string instruments and horns uh, different percussionists there's like a ton of different side projects as well but like you know it's like for a big kind of arty instrumental band they were always very vocal about their politics like for a band with very little to no lyrics at all they were very vocal about their politics uh and their interviews which i always found you know
0: so, 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 an so interesting like, mix so, so, and so like a wildly left wing like, yes vegan. exactly like
1: very like you know very like for the most part like like i used to always go whenever like other like when i used to visit montreal a lot sort of in the late 90s and early aughts there was yeah. like a volunteer run anarchist bookstore i would always go because go to because they, they, they usually had some pretty cool stuff and the drummer from godspeed you black emperor was usually working there like if i went in it was just kind of like this kooky older guy um who's also like a dj and yeah was like playing drums for them uh, aiden something or other he also has a solo project one speed bike uh that's like kind of like weird godspeed meets electronic music um, but yeah, it's just like a bunch of folks like that who are all just like crazy, super far left political, but like, like, let's just make giant spooky, like twenty minute long, like, just like emotionally driving instrumental songs. <laughs> um, and it just always, yeah, they're one of those groups that I like, when they first came out, like, so many people i knew just freaked out about them and got so excited about them from like all different you know but from different angles like um because there was uh a band called neurosis that were really popular sort of on the yeah. heavier end of things yeah. and a lot of their songs would have these kind of like cool like kind of like quiet melodic breakdowns with like strings and horns and that kind of stuff and when god speech of black emperor first came out everyone was like it's like that part of those it's like those parts of neurosis songs But as an entire band. (laughs) And just, like, taking that and going with it, you know, mixed with, like, Spaghetti Western soundtracks. You know, almost like Spaghetti Western kind of soundtrack stuff. Um, And, yeah, like, orchestral music and all that together. Just, yeah, like I said, these big, you know... And, like, most of the records are, like, double and triple LPs. And, uh, yeah, but they're still going. Like I said, you know, they played you know yeah like a year you know yeah like they still i think they took a little break and then sort of got back together around 2010 uh they were nominated for the polaris prize in like the early 2000 teens or nice. i think they won it in the early 2000 teens um and yeah they've still just kind of been going for a long time um and actually here since yeah i will go with i had a hard time narrowing my list down um yeah. and i had Two very different artists that are almost like polar opposites. That I had a hard time. That that it was Godspeed You Black Emperor, on one side. Just for the last spot, the 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 last contestants were Godspeed You Black Emperor on one side, and the ripcords on the other.
2: Oh, Uh, I forgot about the ripcords.
1: Here's the thing, though. I don't really. They're they're a band that's more like I respect them more than I actively listen to them. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I really appreciate them, and I really appreciate Paul Gott, the singer, uh, guitarist with the Rip chords. Like, he's really even like the past couple years, um, like during the pandemic, he created this huge Facebook group. Uh, there was this like Punk Canada that started out with just everybody he remembered meeting at a show that he could find on social media. He added to this group, it's like, hey guys we're you know shit's weird and nobody's getting out very often so here we can just talk these you're all people that i remember from like around canada so invite your friends and it kind of went through the life cycle of like this scene in a microcosm and like oh hey this is great everyone's getting along oh these people are fighting these people are fighting oh this person's a mod this person's melting down i think it's shutting down i don't know oh (laughs) you know it's like oh no the venue's closed oh wait someone's rescued it at the last minute Um, And it's kind of not as Active as it was But there was probably a good 18 month span Where like that's how I Reconnected with Jason from Supreme Echo And like one of the other bands On my uh, my list uh, Conditions Apply uh, Steve Lump that plays bass and sings for them Who's somebody that I've I've enjoyed You know it's one of those like Tangled web across many projects folks uh, Who like I've appreciated a lot I've enjoyed a lot of his bands like Reconnected with him and like other people through this group that paul from the ripcord started that was just like hey friends (laughs) and like he's still actively touring you know he's like if people wanted to you know are looking for tour tips he'll give it to them he tried to start a canadian version of maximum rock and roll in the 90s on guard quarterly where he would like anybody there's like everybody folks in pretty much every city he went to on tour he's just like send me a scene report please yeah. Just tell me what's going on in your town and I'll publish it in this magazine that I'm financing myself through adver- you know selling ads. Yeah. And like you'd get copies of it in records and it it only ran for a couple of years but like you know it covered bands like they tried to cover bands from all across Canada. And like you know they've really you know that's one like that's one thing even though like I said I don't listen to the Ripcord's music that often but they're like every 17-year-old punk's ideal, perfect ideal of, like, you know, a fast funk, punk funk, punk
0: band. And they played, I feel like they played Fredericton, like, They played Freder- they,
1: they play Fredericton regularly. I think they're playing Fredericton soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, you know,
1: they're just constantly going. They did, they're one of those bands they that like, are. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Like, there was a time where I was super into their music, and then I just kind of, you know, like, I moved past it. But there's... Other people, it's still there for other people sort of in that space, you know, sort of in that sort of space where that music is like what you're going to get into, like it's there for them. And the guy is still going. It's funny, through like being connected on social media and stuff, it's like he works at like TV news and has worked in TV news forever and is like and then has just been using that to finance this like, you know, punk band that tours constantly and like you know they'll be the band that make sure to go to some shitty little small town that some kid that's going to be their favorite show that summer because they're like the other town band came to see them and it was the ripcords because they're always touring um and i just thought like it's like when i think of like montreal band yeah it's like montreal you get the really arty high concept bands and then just those really like street gritty kind of bands and it's like those two were kind of fighting for the final spot on my list, but I figured I had to talk about the ripcords and Paul Gott and just sort of the ways that he's tried to sort of keep, you know, like keep members of the punk rock community, like in touch in various ways, you know, over the years and like how I thought that's really cool, you know?
0: Well, I mean, I think really, um, you know, the fact, you know, like the, the guy works in television news or whatever. I mean, I'm just like, you know, further you kind of get into your life uh you know the more i certainly for me value you know like my creative you know things such as i can sort of build it and also you know it it, you know not just like it makes the day job more tolerable but Mm -hmm. i mean kind of you know like it's like it's it's a consistency right it's like a thing of like you know it's a tie to who you were maybe before the edifice of your career or whatever kind of more circumstantial things, you know, that you have going on. Like, so, you know, for me, like, you know, I'm I'm wearing a Whisker do shirt, you know, it's like, I got, I got their logo tattooed on my arm when I was like 19 years old. And it's like, do I actually, take down, you know, the, uh, you know, expanded four record thing of this and listen to it all the time? I do not. I yeah. do not. But, you know, I value that it was there. Uh, it did and still contributes, you know, to my sense of uh, personhood or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the fact, like, that we have this podcast, you know, the fact, you know, for me, like, you know, writing was kind of my thing. You know, yep. I've got I've got this, you know, I, I, I've sort of using now the podcasts to sort of ladder into coming up with a uh, literary online publication, which I'm going to be kind of making public here pretty soon. And uh, that's, you know, the stuff that kind of, you know, keeps me feeling like I am who I was when I was 20, when I was 15, when I was 30. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm a couple of weeks away from turning 45 here, right? So halfway through my life at the best circumstances mm-hmm. right i mean i got a grandpa still alive he's 90 um and he's still you know he's still sharp which kind of gives me some you know hope. but i'm like i don't know that i'll be necessarily still sporting you know the land speed record merch you mm-hmm. know at that point, but, you know, for so like for somebody who's like even older, you know, like of you know the, the ten or whatever years older that, you yep. know, this person from the records is still you know maintaining that part of who he is, still keeping that alive, you know, for the people who you know he comes in contact with who still value it. I mean, I don't know. Yep. that's that's commendable. as so. Oh yeah. Like, whether or not you want to get your street punk on, uh, you know, every other week or whatever, is, is kind of almost beside the point in terms of respecting and appreciating the endeavor. Exactly. Um, which, uh, you know, when I look at, uh, you know, the two other artists that I kind of mentioned in terms of uh, being associated with St. Catherine's um, Yesterday's Ring, I mean that's almost like uh it it seems like uh just a a lot of you know punk fans of you know the early aughts and whatever had some variety of an acoustic or folk kind of offshoot here you know i I don't know if that resonates with you or not but uh, Mm -hmm. i'm I'm thinking like with hot water music you know uh, they have rumble seat you know Uh, i'm thinking like uh there, there's a lot of these uh, musicians, right, who just, you know, they, they kind of do their acoustic thing off on the side. Um, uh-huh. And Yesterday's Ring, it's sort of a Montreal variety of that with, I think, you know, the singer and then two, the you know, the, guitar, the two guitar players. So three out of the six from St. Catherine's, you know, plus whatever drummer they can conscript, um, you know, who have put out at least a, a handful of records, including... On fat records, including on you know a couple of things that are like more indie than that or self released, and uh, it was one of their records that I found, "Good Night Night Good Goodbye Nightlife." Uh, within the past six months, where in the wake of my uh, divorce, in the wake of my career kind of taking a dive, in the wake of being a single dad, I'm like, I can hear some of the themes of, you know, these people who were angry 20-something-year-olds who are now, you know, anxious, whatever, middle-40s Canadian people. Um, and uh, that relatability factor, you know, is, is really strong for me. So, um, you know, I think uh, scenes are evolving. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of guitar-based music that we're really, I think, both partial to, uh, it's... You know, it's 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 on its way out. It's like the Maritime's got like an aging demographic. Punk, you know, yeah. and guitar-based it, it, music largely has an aging demographic. I mean, emo, as far as I'm concerned, is like contemporary dad rock now, for the most part. Um, you know, I, I stand to be corrected. You know, like, you, but uh, yeah, man. So uh, I think I kind of just. Throughout, you know, the last that I'm able to reasonably through <laughs> right. you here, having you know also given some props to uh, to Corey Hart, Arcade Fire, and uh, bands with the name Wolf in the title that I haven't listened to, <laughs> but now I'm gonna. So, uh, uh, what else we What else we got here? John? All right, we-
1: I've got a couple other things here. Um, Please do Please in in do. terms of like sort of old guys who keep the you know sort of keeping it going uh there's a band uh that i guess dating back to the 80s that i've managed to see a couple times live that like i can't say they're my favorite band on record all the time but their live shows have been entertaining for different reasons and just i i just i love them for what they are and that's Voivod.
0: oh Uh, man i thought of them but I yeah, I, I they're just, is, not-
1: for those unfamiliar, uh, they're Quebec-based. Uh, they started out thrash metal. They're back sort of at thrash metal. They had a little more of, like, they tried I mean, more they of, were- like, a spacey, melodic rock thing for like, a while. Rock, like,
2: rock metal yeah,
1: they kind of right. went, like, their biggest hit, I think, was a... Uh, or or one of their two biggest hits was a cover of, like, a Sid Barrett era Pink Floyd song, uh, Astronomy Domine. Uh, But that was, uh, and that was on, uh, I think, Angel Rat was the album that that came out on. I can't remember. It's um,
2: their album from from 19. Yeah, Jason News.
1: Yeah, they've, yeah. they've, they've, they've had an arc. Uh, They started out in the sort of the mid-80s with the album (laughs)
2: Um,
1: And yeah, it's just like fast, dirty thrash with sci-fi lyrics that are usually, you know, sort of metaphors for like trying to make a little bit of social commentary and stuff, but also you know, just songs about robots uh, and that sort of thing and uh, just kind of Yeah, like, they are they had a very trademark, like, visual art style on their early albums, too, like, that was just, like, you know, it wasn't derivative of, I feel like a lot of metal album covers, like, you know, Metallica uh, went with the artist Pusshead for a lot of their stuff, and, like, a lot of people sort of, like, bit that style, and then Voivod had their own particular aesthetic that went with this kind of weird, almost, like, cyberpunk metal thing they had going on, um, and yeah, went through a variety of different lineup changes. Jason Neust- their bass player quit for a while, and Jason Newstead joined the band. Uh, the singer and bassist quit, and they replaced him with a guy from Denmark, I think, who, the first time I saw them live, that was the line, uh, opening for Neurosis, actually. Uh, it was the three-piece Voivod lineup with the Danish guy and then guitarist Piggy uh their guitarist who just went by the name Piggy and uh I can't remember their it was like the original drummer anyway. Uh and yeah uh so when I was waiting for when I first got to the when I first went to go to to the show, I was waiting for some friends outside and I kept seeing these three kind of like dirtbag dudes in flannel shirts and sweatpants and like, you know, just like the Nike sports sandal kind of things and like long greasy hair. Just like going out behind the dumpster and smoking joints with different people and coming back. And I was waiting for probably like 45 minutes uh, for my friends to show up before I went into the show. And I just kept seeing these guys going out with different groups of people. And then when I got inside, you know, I look up on stage and there's those three dirtbag guys on stage. And <laughs> like, hey, we're Voivod. <laughs> and then, you know, they man, played this the great set, even though it was kind of like they had like a ringer vocalist uh double duty on bass as well but it was still you know like half of the original band and like you know they put on like a pretty fun set and uh yeah and so i see them like by the bar after they finish playing and it's like oh hey how's it going guys and it's like that was really great and they're like yeah that's nice um so you got any weed <laughs> uh you know it's like you, you were you headed outside you know it's real nice you know be the opening band and respect is nice and all, but you know... <laughs> Yeah. We're in the States. And, we can't, can't show
2: your respect.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, we'd really appreciate a toe You know, it's like if you felt like buying some drinks or, you know, if you were headed outside, if you wanted to take us with you, we'd greatly appreciate it. And so that solved the mystery of why I kept seeing these three dirtbag dudes just going outside with various people. Because <laughs> yeah, anyone who walked like, up and said, hey, yeah. I love your band, they'd be like, great. Uh, so what are you doing? Sure <laughs> um love, you
0: love. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, but then I got to see them again years later at the Halifax Pop Explosion, probably like 2016, 2017. It was not long after the original guitarist passed away, yeah. but the other three quarters of the original lineup, including the original vocalist, were back together, just like to a new guitarist. And I've never seen a band look like they had—they were just having so much fucking fun
0: awesome
1: like more than i've seen like voivod just seem to be enjoying themselves more than any and it's just like you know these like 50 60 something year old quebecois dudes playing thrash metal songs about robots <laughs> <laughs> and you know just having the time of their lives And they're just like yeah no this is great i and you know i do and their early albums like they were kind of pioneer like they had like the early albums their singer used kind of like a higher like screechier vocal style like a lot of kind of the heavier hardcore bands would use later on and i know that like rorschach who are one of the early kind of like heavy hardcore bands to use that screechy vocal style their singer had mentioned that you know early Voivod records are one of his inspirations so
0: cool
1: we can thank slash blame them for that um yeah. <laughs> and yeah just like yeah like they uh had even on like their fast thrashy stuff they still had like a weird prog edge and yeah they definitely leaned deep into the prog side of things for a bit there and i mean that wasn't my favorite but like you know just like for what it is like that's one thing i associate with metal with quebec is like ridiculous metal because <laughs> <laughs> there's a fair bit of it there and voivod are kind of like the you know the forefathers of a lot of that
0: well you I know, mean, in, it, the, in it, the best you know. way if it's right in front of you like at a show or something i mean why wouldn't you you know embrace it right exactly
1: and like both times that i saw them like it was just a like a great live show so yeah that was one of my picks uh let's see here i had a couple other ones that i'll just kind of rush through uh one of them actually ties back to uh some of the stuff we talked about last week, uh, that okay. being Great American Stake Religion Records, uh, awesome. uh, and another band that was on that label, uh, Jonah, uh, and those who were from Quebec City and their okay. later project, Born Dead Icons.
0: Oh hell, uh, yes, they played Fredericton as well. You know.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, those I they were another band from the earth. They were band from I guess they started like 1999 or so. Uh, But I was a big fan of Jonah when they were around, like their seven inch was one of my favorite records of that time. And then when I found out that like three fifths of Jonah became three quarters of this new band that was like a little more rock and roll, a little kind of dirtier, but not like, not in an ostentatious, like, let's dress up like FUBAR kind of way. Right. Um, and uh, the
0: ironic mustache exactly. And, uh, like oh, yeah, they're yeah.
1: not like it wasn't like ironic mustache rock. It was more just like record store guy rock. Is oh, <laughs> record yeah. store record store guy hardcore is the, the way that I described them. Because like you know they were like you know guys who came from kind of like the screamo ish place who went in like a little more almost motorhead direction, but weren't weren't afraid to like throw some like spooky god ga- i know people doing their guitar player is a big fan of like susie and the banshees and like folks like that or Gosh. like bands like that and like the band that most of born dead icons started afterwards complications they started they leaned a little more in that angle but it's like they weren't afraid to put like a spooky little like susie and the banshees intro somewhere or like cover a, you know cover a wipers song like <laughs> you know in my notes i had you know they made the emo kids listen to motorhead and the cross punks listen to the wipers like and uh yeah like they had three albums and a bunch of seven inches uh through from like 1999 to 2007. Uh, i mean i got to see them once on um, one of my visits to montreal i saw them play at south of the nicks uh so like volunteer runs like space that was there for a while um okay yeah it was it was yeah it was a pretty cool show um awesome. but uh yeah they were uh, like i said they were just another band from quebec that i really enjoyed so they were one of the ones on my list uh, i'll just kind of rush through the other two here uh, i'm just trying to see oh yeah uh i guess it, I, I yeah i only had one more left actually and that was okay. uh a current band which is conditions apply
0: Okay. Uh, you you which, mentioned them, like, about 10, 20 minutes ago. Whatever. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. Uh, and uh, in that awkward teenage ska phase of mine, uh, there was a band from Ottawa that I really enjoyed called Lump and Proletariat. Okay. Uh, and their bass player was a guy who sort of, punk name-wise, just went by Steve Lump, uh, who ended up playing in a bunch of other bands, like Ballast from... Uh, yeah, he played in a band from Va- in Vancouver called Ballast for a while who were pretty popular, and then... Uh, they moved to Montreal, and then he was in a, another band called Last Rights for a bit. Or no, Last Days. Uh, and then uh, another band called Mental Fix, who described themselves as, you know, they were from, they sounded like, you know, if Montreal had an East Bay. <laughs> um, nice. And that was sort of around the time that I reconnected with him and his music. Because uh, that was towards the tail end of time that I was doing stand-up comedy. Uh, and ended up doing a couple shows opening for them uh and uh for mental fix uh steve's old band uh with his partner marie and yeah their new project uh the two of them have a new band uh with a different guitarist called conditions apply now um yeah, they just put out a full-length album in 2022. Uh, I know they played Pooza Fest, the big punk fest that happens in Montreal.
0: This Pooza weekend. Fest! I would love yeah. to go to a Pooza Fest. Like, when I see yeah. the people who, like, the, the bands, like, from, you know, never... I mean, I know that, you know, whoever's cool in Quebec is going to be there, but then, just like, you know, some of the artists that I just follow, you know, just as a regular thing, like, you know, one of the dudes from the Lawrence Arms... Mm-hmm bringing his guitar, you know, solo guitar thing to that, you know, like it's like the Flatliners you know, yeah, yeah. Like just contemporary touring punk people from, you know whatever, like Fat Records, Epitaph uh, you know, that yeah. whole Strata, end up playing that. Kind of like right? that fest
1: scene almost. Yeah yeah, 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 and they're like, well, yeah, they're kind of like the one of the like upper tier local bands of that sort of part of the scene. Cool. And yeah, it's kind of like fast, melodic, but very much like punk. Um, and yeah, like it sounds like a lot of stuff kind of from the East Bay. Um, and yeah, so that well, was a, the well, last.
0: And what is not to like about exactly? That. Um, even even on principle, right? That's
1: yeah. And so yeah. that was really that. That was my that was my list for the show. So.
0: Well, that's fantastic, man. This yeah. has been uh, this has been educational. I gotta say. I mean, I you know, I, I kind of I've, between uh, you know job interviews stuff and uh, getting the uh, you know education whatever mm-hmm. podcast to a certain level, I didn't really go as far into the research for this episode as I would have preferred. Uh, you know, again, I kind of I've got these uh, three kind of uh, bands that I've kind of been listening to a lot. Uh, and then, kind of some, uh, you know, kind of around that, you know. But uh, this has been uh, something where the notes for me are going to be an opportunity. I mean, I just uh, I've been <laughs> I've been scribbling frantically <laughs> here, uh, just at some of the references because, again, some some of the things that you know you you kind of touched on have mm-hmm. just I, I I literally you know I haven't I haven't thought about the rip in decades, right? <laughs> I. Sure, uh,
1: sorry, no, continue finish your thought. I just said one uh, thing. No,
0: not man, not uh, just, uh, you know, rip cords or, you know, like, I, you know, remembering that, like, oh, yeah, the Doughboys who were, like, popular on Much Music for a Minute. You know, there was a whole thing from them. So, I mean, honestly, there's enough rabbit holes just mm-hmm. in what we sort of uncovered, what you kind of helped uncover, that I, you know, I'm going to just uh, be able to uh, take a nice long dig uh you know when the when the writing uh, part of this happens so um but uh, please finish up your thought there
1: bud oh i was just gonna say one last thing is yeah. uh, i had one other runner-up that was another sort of more historical pick yeah. uh that uh is the montreal band scum uh scum uh who are sort of an 80s vintage kind of like thrash punk band That, yeah, they would have played around, like, they would come to Fredericton and play shows with Neighborhood Watch, when Neighborhood Watch was still around, like, that era of things that... And when I first started going to, uh, going to shows, I remember there was one guy that had a scum shirt that I was was seeing, and I thought it was, like, such an intense shirt, because it was the logo for the Montreal Police Department, the, like, C-U-M logo, but just, like, a spray-painted S in front of it.
2: Oh! Um,
1: Yeah, and, uh... Yeah, that I always thought it was really intense. And then I finally heard the band when I bought... Actually, I bought uh, this compilation called uh, P.E.A.C.E. P.E.A. It was, like, the acronym for P.E.A.C.E. Uh, that was, like, put up by Maximum Rock and Roll and a few other people, a few other groups in the early 80s that, like, had bands like DOA and uh, the Dead Kennedys and stuff, sort of when okay. they were still active bands. And the yeah. one band from Eastern Canada that's on it is this band from Montreal, Scum, that, <laughs> uh... I just remember the singer had a very heavy French accent and the, yeah, the first few lines of, of the song were like war on the streets, the big disgrace, the cops, they hate me, want to hurt my face. <laughs> and it just like a very heavy Québécois accent and it just stuck with me. And their one album, their one full length album that they put out just got reissued last year and it's worth checking out for sure. Uh, oh, man. Just That's for awful. like that vintage of like kind of like eighties hardcore. But like I said, from yeah, from sort of like the quebec from the Montreal side of things, and, yeah, like I said, with very heavy, heavily French accented English vocals that are, yeah, pretty entertaining, uh, but anyways, that's it for me.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Um, like I said, I think uh, this has been uh, it's been educational for me, uh, and uh, as an educator you know, within my world, that actually you know that that that, that signifies a lot. Um, and, uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, prepping the notes for this. I'm looking forward to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, seeing, seeing where we, uh, go on the next, uh, exploration, the next steps on the musical journey. This has, mm-hmm. uh, this has been quite good. So I guess probably, um, I'm going to bid, uh, anybody listening a, uh, happy, uh, National Patriots Day, <laughs> uh, happy, uh, you know, God save the king. If that's what they say now on Victoria Day, with I the guess. mention of uh, Charles, what's his face? You know, and uh, yeah, you know, spring is uh, fully in swing. the The music fests are out there to be had, and mm-hmm. uh, quite frankly, uh, we just uh, hope you enjoy the show. and uh, Looking forward to next time. All
1: right, thanks. Talk to you folks take, later.
0: Take care, everybody. See you around. Bye-bye.